You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Friday, February 2nd. And like I said, I was going to be having special guests all leading up to the Super Bowl. And today is no different. Joining me today is Kiana Martin. You guys may remember him as a 49ers reporter. And these days, she's everywhere on TV, MLB Network, CBS. Kiana, thank you so much for coming on the show today. How are you doing? I, I'm good. I'm even. I'm feeling even better now that, you know, we have that week off. And now I head into the Super Bowl. Like, it's a good feeling. Uh, my phone's been, like, blowing up all week with people that are, like, either congratulating me or that are talking trash. But also the teams that are and the people that are talking trash, they're sitting on the couch right now. So, you exactly. know, it's a good week for me. I'll just say that. <laughs> exactly. And I'm liking the hat. You got the SF on there, always repping. Uh, we know how it is. But, okay, so – I want to ask you about this 2019 team compared to now, because you were still with the team when they went to the Super Bowl in 2019, of course. And so you've still kind of managed to stay around the team. I see you at the games, you know, uh, you still repping, like I said. What has kind of the vibe been like when you look at that 2019 team to now? So it's a lot different, I guess, being that I'm not in-house. So, you know, I'm not around the same players that, you know, were that weren't there in 2019 compared to where they are now. But um, I think one thing that does stand out is I feel like just from when I was there, this feels like a more complete team. And don't get me wrong, 2019 was a very good team. Um, I feel like they had great teams even after that 2019 season. But you think about the added pieces, you think about what a guy like Christian McCaffrey mm. brings to this roster, what a guy like Trent Williams brings to this roster. And that is no slight to Joe Staley in any shape, form or fashion. Right. I think the 49ers are very, very fortunate to go from one future hall of famer immediately to another. So that was a fantastic situation for them, but you just think about some of those pieces. And then obviously it's going to come to also Brock Purdy and, and what type of quarterback he is. I think that this year, everything has clicked together. We've now seen everyone has made, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it, but everybody has talked about, you know, well, is Brock Purdy capable of leading this offense? Is he capable from leading them from behind? Is he capable from, it's just so many different scenarios and situations that people have questioned whether he's capable of doing or not. And I feel like in every instance, we have seen it. We have seen him not have great games, but still be able to finish strong. And we've seen fantastic games where he's blown everybody's mind. So I feel like now knowing who we have as a quarterback and what he's capable of. I feel like that could be that missing piece to really just finish everything off for this team and what the ultimate goal is at the end of the day. Definitely a more balanced team. Like you said, I mean, the defense was out of control that year and Nick Bosa, you know, reflects on that team saying like that was a Super Bowl defense. Um, and now you look at some of the pieces they've added on the offense since then. I mean, you mentioned some of the names and let's talk about Brock Purdy really quick, because when you left the team, it was around it was in 2022. And that was before the 49ers drafted Brock Purdy, mm -hmm. mystery relevant, um, but he's been nothing. He, he hasn't been irrelevant at, at all since then. Yeah. So 
how have you kind of felt like just seeing, I guess, his growth since that point and how the team has kind of transformed since that point? I think uh, what's kind of, I think for everybody, for, for people that are in-house, people that are just fans, people that aren't fans, I don't think we've ever seen something like this happen. We've never seen a guy be the last pick in the draft. I'm, we can talk seventh or sixth round. I mean, unless we're going to talk like the Tom Brady thing, but you don't really see somebody like that come in and change an offense, not just an offense, but change a team the way that he has. Um, I, I, and I know the news has come out this week of uh, Jed York and what he said about seeing Brock Purdy out at practice. I mean, I think that just goes to show what kind of player he is. It didn't really matter where he was drafted at, you know, his mind was focused on one thing and that was continuously getting better. And I know this the entire roster is so good at, you know, supporting whoever is under center, but I, I even go back to, the game that Jimmy went down, I believe that was against Miami and Brock stepped up. And I think what it was like a, a a video or clip of George talking to him, like, you got this, you got this. Like we have full trust. I think Trent Williams spoke after that game on the podium. It was just like, we have full trust in Brock. Mm -hmm. We've seen him at practice. We've seen what he's capable of. And I don't believe that was just like, you know, locker room talk. I believe they, they really did believe in that, especially you got to think like, I, I remember the feeling of when in 2018, when Jimmy went down in um, Kansas City, and I remember just kind of like, it kind of felt like the air was sucked out of, of everything, like the okay. locker room, the organization, the fan base. It didn't really feel like that this time around. I feel like a lot of people felt like it's okay. We're going to be okay. And I mean, and then you look back at last year going all the way to the NFC championship game in which I stand on it. If he was hundred percent healthy, 49ers would be in the Super Bowl last year. I 100%. That's why we love you. There you go. I, I, we know I, it. We know that. And, and some yeah. other fans might want to say different, but like we saw that and we saw the talent mm-hmm. and what kind of player he is. So I feel like the 49ers are in really good hands for the foreseeable future with a guy like Brock. Um, I think just a lot of people are, I feel like people just want to have a reason to dislike him or dislike the 49ers because I mean, you don't see somebody come in and, and kind of take the whole team in the league by storm like that. So um, I, I'm, I'm a believer. I'm fully confident in him and and I've gotten to run into him a time or two and, and an absolutely great kid. Like I, I, John, John and Kyle do such a great job when it comes to character and bringing mm-hmm. in the right guys into that locker room. And he is like, I think the model citizen of like what Kyle and John want. Right. And, and you can see it like he has the intangibles. You you can see it from a screen. I can't even imagine in person what it's like. He just has an aura to him. And I can't really explain it. Um, but you mentioned how, you know, he gets some disrespect here and there. Right. And I think a lot of it has to do with where he was drafted. A lot of people not really believing that someone who was the last pick in the draft can then come into a Super Bowl ready team and put them in position, you know, to get that far last year and then where they are today. Even to this day, with all that he's done for this team, there's still people who try to poke holes into his game. And it's it's so crazy. You know, one thing you, you mentioned that kind of resonated with me is the team trusts him. You yeah. can see it. You you know it. You can feel it. 
And I kind of get that sense is especially heightened because of the disrespect he gets and because he's so young and everyone just wants to have his back. And it's so yeah. easy to have his back because he's a great kid. I mean, what, what has he done wrong? He doesn't, he doesn't say anything. He doesn't respond to any of this stuff. He just goes out there and falls out. So I like, do you kind of get that sense too that these guys, these veterans, who a lot of them, you know, a few of them were part of that 2019 team and kind of have been been around for some time, they kind of want to protect him from all that a little bit. 100%. And what blows my mind is that don't we like typical like the underdog story? Don't we like the story of the kid who was the last pick in the draft and leads his team to a Super Bowl? But for some reason, it's not enough. And then, it, like you said, people want to pull clothes and holes in his game. And they'll say, you know, well, any quarterback could succeed the way he has if he had all of these weapons. Well, let's not forget Kyle Shanahan has had quarterbacks who have had a plethora of weapons and has not quite, I don't want to say, you know, excelled, but but maybe not have made it to this point. I mean, we, we've seen plenty of, of examples of a, a good team, but wasn't quite there. And so that's why I think it's a little frustrating, at least to see all of this Brock Purdy slander, if we want to call it that. The kid can ball. The kid can mm -hmm. ball. Like you mentioned, he has the intangibles. We've seen it on, on how many stages. We've seen it in the postseason. We've seen him come from behind. We've seen him have, you know, 300 plus yard games. Like we've seen him get it done with 179 yards. We've seen it in just about every facet. And you say like the guys want to protect him. I think that's very true because, you know, that's their quarterback and, mm -hmm. and they're around him. They see his work ethic. They see how he prepares and comes to work every day. And I was watching, um, uh, I was watching, I can't remember what show I, maybe I was watching Colin Coward, um, this past week and Logan Ryan was on the show and talking about when he came to this team as a free agent. And he said he came in on a Tuesday and typically Tuesdays are days where, you know, guys have the days off. And he said, when he got there, he said, all of these star veterans are in the weight room. They're working out. He said, even Brock Purdy was there on a Tuesday, the player off day, and he's grinding and he's working. He was like, that's all I needed to know. This is a team that's about their business. And I think that goes to show for not just Brock, but this entire team, what their mentality is like. And, and they're for real. They, they've gotten a taste of it. What the 2019 season mm -hmm. got a taste of it last year got very, very close. And we already had that discussion on how we both feel about that. But now this is that time. And, and I feel like the cards are all laid out. They have the path to get it done. And I feel like, you know, having Brock under center is that missing piece uh, to really help this team take that next step. I, I think so too. And, and you mentioned, uh, we've both mentioned some of the veterans that were part of that 2019 team. What are they, what exactly are they carrying with them into this season, right? Like obviously, you know, some scars <laughs> from that year. And what were the vibes like after that loss? Like I, I'd like to think it has helped them, right? And get to that point and know what it takes to get there and hopefully know what it takes to, get the win in the Super Bowl. You know what's so crazy is, you know, when when we knew that if the 49ers beat the Lions, they were going to either see the Ravens or they were going to see the Chiefs. And everyone's talking about that 2012-2013 season. Oh, it could be a rematch of that mm -hmm. game. But I think there's still, since there's so many players that were there from that 2019 season, there's still that sour taste in their mouth. There's still that chip 
on their shoulder. So I feel like this is the best matchup for them. Not saying that they couldn't handle Baltimore because I 100% feel like they could, but I feel like they already have that, that, um, that desire to get a win, but I feel like having this chip on the shoulder makes it that much more urgent to get this win. They remember, I mean, I remember, I know you remember too, the holding call, the offensive holding call on George Mm -hmm. Kittle before going into the half. We remember these little things that happened in the game. And I I love how, you know, the everywhere on the internet is that clip of George saying, I will, I will be back here. And I feel like, Every player that was there during that 2019 season had that same feeling like we're going to be back here and we are going to be back with a vengeance. And I feel like they're coming into next week with a vengeance, which I feel like bodes very, very well uh, for this team. And so these last two weeks or the last two games haven't really gone as expected, you can say, because, you know, we're used to seeing our team dominate, get out to these early leads, not let it go, all this. It's been a little different in the playoffs. That's taken some getting used to, admittedly, for some of us 49er fans. Um, I think they know that can't happen in the Super Bowl. Like a, a lot of them are talking about effort 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 like you hear that from several different guys throughout the week when they're speaking with the media I mean even in this run like what do you think they've learned these past couple weeks that can help them against this really really good Kansas City team I feel like especially considering this game against Detroit being down 17 points I mean I think we all were kind of just like this is a bad way to go out. Like we can't believe yeah. it. But I, I think this was a, a really good eye-opening moment for this team. I feel like they learned how, I know they know they're resilient, but you really got to see how resilient you are. You really got to see how the guy next to you was really going to step up and play for his brother, play for this team, play for the franchise. I, I feel like maybe, and this might sound crazy, but I feel like that was needed. I feel like that was a really good wake-up call that you cannot sleep on any opponent, especially looking at Patrick Mahomes. You can never sleep. I mean, we, we've talked about it all, all year about, you know, the receivers dropping passes. Oh, this isn't the same Chiefs team that we saw, you know, from years past. But let's fast forward. Well, they're AFC champs. They're back in the Super Bowl for the fourth time in the last fifth year, five years. This team is darn good. And regardless of whatever issues they had, weeks one through whatever eight nine they are back to playing at the top of their game and so that's why I feel like maybe this Detroit situation was kind of that wake-up call like we have to be ready like and I know you're over preparing and all of that but like you cannot sleep on anything on a single aspect of their game um so I I would assume that what has transpired these last two weeks against Green Bay, against Detroit, it was just kind of that wake-up call to get this team just like that reminder, like, hey, let's come out full force. Let's not have to play from behind because this is not a team you want to have to play from behind against. Well, shoot, even a lead isn't safe when you're playing against them. But that's why it's so important against Kansas City, against Andy Reid, against Mahomes. Uh, that you know, like you have to be ready. You have to come out firing on all cylinders. So I feel like that's something that has to be discussed constantly, constantly in those meeting rooms and in that locker room. 
Yeah, I keep getting reminded that like in the playoffs, what happened the week before, what happened in the regular season doesn't matter. What matters is is what's in front of you. And the Kansas City Chiefs have been proving time and time again in the playoffs. They are a different beast. They are to be respected. I did not have them winning either of the games against the Bills or the Ravens. And not only did they win, but they did it in impressive fashion. I mean, you talk about Mahomes, you talk about Kelsey, even Andy Reid. Those are guys that step up in these big moments. But they have another player on their team, kind of, that's uh, getting a lot of attention this time around. Taylor Swift. Um you know, I know she's getting a, a lot of attention, of course, from from the media leading up to this game and then also during their games, you know. Uh, but, you know, some of it you can say is not really fair, kind of like how Brock Purdy maybe gets some disrespect to. It's like Taylor Swift's not doing anything but just dating Travis Kelsey. Like, guys, come on, what are we doing here? Um, so what are your what are your thoughts on the the Taylor Swift, uh, hey, do you, do you ship the relationship at all? Oh, okay, this is a tough, tough topic for me because I, I have a very extreme feeling, but I will say it's changed over the last week, and I'll tell you why. When everything first started with Travis and Taylor, it, okay, great, but it became ad nauseum that every breath Travis Kelsey took, the camera pans right over to her and it's like I listen I watch the game of football because I love this game I love this game with passion this is taken away from my experience I'm sorry like it it drove me insane and uh you know I I get it that you know for certain outlets and things like that this is bringing business and it's it is bringing another fan base to the game and there was a video I actually saw on social media it was a little girl and her dad, and because of Taylor Swift, she was watching games with her father. So her dad was asking her questions like, "What's a shotgun formation?" She's spitting out what that is. He's like asking like, "Oh, it was great. like I saw that." I was like, "Okay, all right, I got to ease up a little bit because that that definitely made me happy. That reminded me of my childhood. I didn't have a Taylor Swift and why I started liking football, but it was just like moments with me and my dad, and that was like our bonding thing. So seeing that kind of softened me up a little bit." A little, not a lot. But um, I think what what kind of really changed it for me was during that last game, during the AFC championship game, you saw the camera go over to her and she's like, come on, like, turn it off. Like, she was tired of the attention. So the fact that, you know, she just wants to watch the game. She wants to watch her boyfriend play. Okay. Um, I can get down with that. But... It, I we are. I feel like I always say like if you want to have a good time watching the Super Bowl or watching a game, a Chiefs game in general, play a bingo game. The amount of times they show Taylor Swift take a shot, you'll be hammered by the second quarter. Like, but it's it's. I get it. It's good for business. It's it's good for the sport. Um, I'm slowly coming around to it. I am. A, I have nothing against Taylor Swift. I think she has great music, but. When it got to the point where it was just like it's taking over the game, that's when it became a much. But it's it's hopefully that now that, you know, she has made it known that like, hey, let's let's pump the brakes on showing me every two seconds. I feel like right. that that I I'm, I can I can sit with that. 
<laughs> it did become overkill. Like I don't, you know, I personally don't mind her. It's just like it was overkill, and I'm seeing these headlines of she's helped generate like 300 million for the NFL, and it's like, okay, yeah, they're milking it. Oh yeah, they are. <laughs> no, no to the NFL. What I personally think would help keep this attention is if the Kansas City Chiefs lost this game. That will keep all of the Taylor Swift fans who started following the Chiefs engaged you know, into next season, because then they're going to, you know, be in with a vengeance too, you know? So that'll keep them interested until the Kansas City is back in the Super Bowl. You can't just give them a one and done, because then they're going to just think every, all their favorite teams win all the time. You know? And then here's here's the thing, the storyline that I just will not be able to handle. It's the Taylor Swift effect. Like, they won because of Taylor. Like, absolutely right. not. Someone actually text me today, I, and I kid you not, I'm like going to try to look this up like while I'm talking. Someone text me today and they said, they said, it's the power of Taylor. I'm literally reading a text message right now. They said, it's the power of Taylor. Ha ha ha. And I said, no, it is not the power of Taylor. It's Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and what they have been able to do year after year after year. And she is an added bonus that has brought more attention to the game. She has no effect on what way a game goes. But I do believe, you know. Her fans maybe like need to see, oh, well, it's not going to be all rainbows and butterflies. Life doesn't end like that. It, it's not always like that. So sometimes you got to take an L and come back next year. So maybe this is the year that that happens for them. Maybe it could even inspire a new Taylor Swift song. Like who who knows? I mean, the possibilities are endless. But speaking, speaking of like luck and maybe some superstitions, because I'm seeing a lot floating around, yeah. especially after last week, 49ers game against the line. You know, we talked about the big comeback win. We talked about that catch. I mean, we've been talking about it all week. Brandon Ayuk's catch off, you know, the defender. I agree. That should have been uh, sports players. That should have been their number one play. That was, that was, yeah. that was incredible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It really was. And so he was asked after the game, um, you know, about the moment when they thought they would win all that stuff. He mentions Ladybug landed. I think he said on his shoe or he landed on him. Yeah. You know what that means. <laughs> so there's since then, there's been all this talk about ladybugs, even like the cheerleaders after the game on the field. See a ladybug like what is going on that? There's there's definitely got to be something with the ladybugs. Um, so with that, like I want to ask you, are you superstitious when it comes to sports? I try not to be, and I'm trying to get into the mindset that there is nothing that I can do that can change an outcome. I, I literally have to tell myself this all the time. Um, so it's not like I have a lucky outfit or something that I do, but there is something that I typically do and I accidentally did it when I was there for the divisional round game and it freaked me out and I was like oh my god it's my fault but when when I was working with the team I would never ever walk across the bench I just I just never liked doing that and I just so happened to see someone and I said hi and I was standing in front of the bench pregame and I was like oh my god I have to move I was like we have to move we have to move and I like ran off somewhere else and then that game you know it it wasn't a pretty game. And I'm sitting there like, I can't believe I stepped in front of the bench. Like I have no impact on how this game flows. And I had to keep telling myself, like, it's not you. It's not you. And then they won. I was like, okay, it's not, it's not stepping in front of the bench, but that is like usually my thing that like any game I go to and when I was working there, I would always make sure I take the long way around. I never walked in front of the bench, but I guess we can all say now that like, 
that's out the window. We've done that. So it's okay. Um, but yeah, I, the, the ladybug thing is an interesting thing. You know, they say that's, that's a sign of good luck or good fortune. And, uh, hopefully there's lots of ladybugs floating around the 49er sideline. I am <laughs> telling you there's, well, it's, it's a, it's in a dome. So I'm like, we need to bring the, like someone needs to bring some ladybugs in. I don't know how, just bring them in. Yeah. Just let them out. I mean, we, we need that energy. Uh, but yeah, people, People are bringing ladybug pins. You know, I, I've already said if the 49ers win, I'm getting a ladybug tattoo, and I stand by that. I will do it because, like, I listen. I am not. The, I love the 49ers, but I am not the type that would get like a tattoo of a sports logo okay. or a trophy. Like, that's just not me. So, they ladybug, like, suddenly, like. <laughs> Four world champs back in September and not getting that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't go down like that. So I feel like the ladybug would, it's, it's perfect. It, it would go perfectly with what's happening. It's luck. It's, it's, it would symbolize a lot of things. But yeah. yeah. I'm just going to throw it out there. If you want to happen to have one of the little dots on the ladybug to like kind of have an SF, I'm just throwing it out there. I thought about that today. I literally was thinking about that today. Just saying, and it can. And there's so many creative tattoo artists. It can be so like you know incognito. You like if yeah. you focus on it. You're like, oh, whoa. So, don't uh, yeah, I'll 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 remember <laughs> that because I was already thinking of that earlier. Like I was literally on Instagram bookmarking ladybug tweets and or, or tattoos, all that stuff. So it, it's up here. It's I, okay. I got it. Got so idea. hopefully they just they just need to finish it and finish the job and and it'll be done. I'll right, post so, it. I mean, so the Monday after, I'm going to be looking for you like, so Steph, what time are you hitting up that uh, tattoo shop? <laughs> you know, I don't I don't know any tattoo artists in Vegas, so I don't know if I want to, uh, you know, risk it out there. But I will post it. I'm going to stay on business, just like the 49ers. Um, <laughs> Kiana, I want to ask you one last question. There's a couple people who gave us some super chats, so I do want to save time for those questions as well. One last question from me. Uh, so there's a lot of people like yourself who have graced the 49ers at some point in their lives. And just like yourself, keep coming back to this team, right? Like you can't get enough of the 49ers. I talk about Jerry Rice. I could talk about Joe Montana, just some greats yourself, you know, like there's, there's a lot of people. And I had um, Adrian Colbert on my podcast uh, I think it was last season. And I kind of asked him, like, what is it about this team that keeps you coming back? Or like, what is it about the faithful that you feel like so connected to? So I'm going to ask you. That is a fantastic, fantastic question. And I'm so glad that you asked that. Um, like anytime I talk about the 49ers, the word I always use, and, and I don't use it as a cliche, but it's, it's literally family. Like, the, that is my family. The franchise is my family. The faithful are my family. Um, and, and like, I, I don't even know how to like kind of put it all into words. It, it's just like, I feel like, and things could be a lot different, obviously years past, but you know, I got there the exact same time as when Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch got there and, and the work that they preached was culture and bringing a great culture, a good culture to this organization and to the locker room. And, and they really, really stood on that. And that was very, very important, um, especially to me when I came into this place, because, you know, 
let's be honest, 2019 was like, what is going on? There were so many changes, so much turnover, seven new free agents. And I'm like, what, what's going on? Like, it was just a lot going on, but you know, John always stayed very, you know, focused on the fact that he wants this to be a place where guys want to be, where they want to come and play and, and not just, you know, because of what's on the field, but also just what's surrounding the locker room. Um, and so that really, really stood out to me. And, and they did just that. It became home for me and I'm a LA native, but the Bay area, everyone knows I, I will, I will claim the Bay area because I was welcomed with open arms. And that is why a lot of that has to do with the faithful. Um, just from even from me leaving to even to this day, the kind words that I get, the messages, um, people that are like, I'm going to tune into your show because like we remember you from the Bay Area. Just stuff like that means the absolute world. My favorite thing, I, I kid you not, my favorite thing is like if I'm at a game and people are like, Kiana, and I'm like, oh, shoot, what's up? Seeing the faithful out there makes me so happy. It's, I was even out here in New York and someone was like, hey, you're the 49er girl. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like I, I love that. And and I feel like that's why the 49ers have, are such a family. And we saw that. We literally saw that two weeks ago when you see Aziz in yeah. like with the linebackers. Come on. You you see Solomon Thomas back there. That's and like, I, I had the chance to chat with him. He's like, yeah, like, those are my people. Like, that's my family there. And I was like, I feel you. Like, I feel you. So even though, you know, people move on and, and you know, play at other places or work for other places, you know, I think what this team and that the franchise stands for really, really resonates with people. And it definitely resonated with me. So the faithful, the team. 49ers organization that is that is my family and and I will rep them until the day I die and I will stand on that hill like I I listen I go I go to bat for when people come talking crazy and I will continue (laughs) to do that so but yeah I think the best way to put it is like it's a family it's an absolute family and they have no problem you know making everyone feel included I love that I love that and I, I think I speak for all of the faithful when I say we are so happy that you're still rocking with us and like you're still on the sidelines, you know, you still rep for the 49ers. We absolutely love it. But like you said, like anytime I can even sprinkle like 49ers stuff whenever I'm on camera, I do it. I <laughs> I did I did it on MLB Network. Like we're talking about baseball and I'm like, well, I'm going to drop in 49ers in this little on cam bit and you guys have nothing. You can't say anything about it. So. You had so many great segments there, by the way, <laughs> like so much great stuff. Um, but speaking of, let's get to some of these uh, questions, these super chats. Shout out Bro Montana. He says, do you do platform lives? Great having you back. Well, you just mentioned MLB Network um, and now you're at CBS, right? Yep. So now at CBS Sports. Um, so I'm covering NFL in studio. I've been, I've been doing sideline for college basketball, college football. The goal is next year being doing NFL sideline at Levi stadium. Um, but also uh, doing in studio on CBS sports network for college basketball. So that's typically where I am for the most part right now. But platform. What, what does platform lives mean? I don't, I don't know. I just figured. IG live. I think that's what it is. I would assume, but the thing is every, um, 
when I was in-house with the team, every road game, I'd go live from the field about like 30 minutes before kickoff and go around the field and just kind of get a feel for what was going on, the fans that were there. So I did lives there. Um, I, I don't feel like I'm that interesting, so I don't really go live that often. But, but I probably will this week. I don't know if I'll do it like the morning. Will you be in Vegas? What's that? Will you be in Vegas? There is, <laughs> there is no way on planet Earth I will miss the 49ers. Oh, let's go. No way I would miss that. So I will be there selling my left lung to be there. <laughs> so I'll be there. So if I, if I have the ability to go live, like I will 100% do it there. But we'll see. We'll figure something out. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Great question, Bro Montana. And then from Gammon, shout out Gammon. He's always in the lives. Appreciate hey. you, man. Said, glad you ladies are wearing all black because y'all are killing it. It wasn't planned. I mean, it just, it just worked out. It just worked <laughs> out that way. Um, but he asked, Kiana, what are your goals for 2024 for both of you? Favorite song and movie of all time? Oh, man. We're going to be on this call forever for me to think about this. That's a great question. Okay, let's start off with my goals for 2024. Um, for me, just professionally, just keep growing. Um, it, I, I think everyone kind of knows, like, football is, that's my bread and butter. That's what I love. That's what I speak. Um, that's, like, that's my first language. So everything else is kind of secondary for me. So challenging myself when I went to baseball and doing college basketball and college um Football, it, it's been a challenge, but I've loved it. it. I feel like in some kind of way, it makes me better at football, at NFL. Um, but the goal is to, which I mentioned, so by September is bust my butt and make sure that if whether I'm on the sideline or with CBS hosting a NFL show, that is the ultimate goal for 2024. So busting my butt to get there. Um and then favorite song and movie all time. Steph, I'm going to let you go first. While I think. <laughs> that is so tough. Like favorite song is like oh someone with 10 children who their favorite children or child is. I have no idea. Um, wow. I mean, I, I'll just say like some favorite artists. Like I, I love Biggie. Um, man, that is so I love like alternative music as well. There's some good ones there. That's so tough. Um, I'm gonna say Toto Africa <laughs> actually is one. What it's up there for me. So at top of my head, I'll just say that. Favorite movie? I'm gonna say Wedding Crashers. Actually, that is like one of my favorite movies. If you want to talk animated, Lion King or Toy Story. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's a good one. Um, you know what? I'm gonna. <laughs> I don't like horror movies. I'm a big comedy buff. Rom-coms I can do, but my <laughs> my favorite movie is The Hangover. That nice. is actually my favorite movie. I watched it countless times. Um, hopefully, you know, after Sunday night and I'm celebrating, yeah, who knows, maybe I'm left on a roof somewhere on the top of Caesars Palace. I don't know. Never know what could happen. Um, my favorite song, I cannot give you a favorite song. That's really, that's, so that's a great question. I feel like, like once, like, I go to bed tonight. I'm going to like wake up in the middle of the night and I'd be like, oh, shoot, my favorite song is like, I know that's going to happen. But like favorite artist, I'll tell you guys, I was stoked. I was freaking stoked to meet 2 Chains on the sideline during the divisional round game. I, oh, love, yeah. two chains. I love 2 Chains. Um, 
other favorite artists, don't judge me. I am a big Drake fan. Um, I'm more so of like a 90s, 2000s R&B girl. I don't really listen to too much of like what's out right now. Um, but I'm probably going to think of a song later. And like, I feel like I, I need to screenshot this so I can come back to this because I, I need to answer this question. Like, okay, it's very important to me. But as of right now, I will get back to you on my favorite Okay, just tweet me. Just tweet me yeah. later, or like send me a DM. I'll I'll relay the message to Gammon, and we'll we'll put it out there. What your favorite I song? Shout is. by the way, so I'll put <laughs> one point when I think of it. <laughs> Our last question, Keanu: Are the 49ers going to win the Super Bowl? Absolutely. Simply put, yes. That I think they're well equipped. I feel like you know, even though you know Vegas and gambling is saying that you know they're favored to win this, so many people are. 49ers they're not the same team they were they're not their defense isn't this and they're not what they were I'm not worried about that I, I feel like you know let the doubters doubt absolutely I feel like I this team plays well when they are doubted and when they are underdogs and we just have to continue to prove people wrong people continue to doubt Brock Purdy well let this be the game where he silences the doubters people are doubting this defense thinking they're not capable well, do what you guys are able to do. Stop Mahomes. I want to. I, I. I really. You know. I. If I. I like to like put out like a a random like. I predict this to happen, but you know, I feel like Mahomes will try to do too much, and our defense will be able to take advantage. That's the best way I can put. Wow. It. I hope so, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Well- hope so yeah we'll we'll see um but yeah i mean obviously everyone here everyone watching you know thinks the 49ers will probably take this one too uh so hopefully it will be done ready to get my tattoo um (laughs) kiana thank you so so much for joining me today this was really fun i i know you're busy so appreciate you taking the time um out of your schedule to talk 49ers and, and you know, talk with the faithful here it's my favorite thing to talk about so if anyone wants to talk 49ers with me i'm here if you want to talk about my favorite movie and song it's a little bit more of a struggle but 49ers i can talk about all day but no this was great thank you so much for having me thanks faithful for listening and watching and i can't wait to chat with you guys on sunday <laughs> well yeah kiana uh, hopefully i see you out there but if not enjoy your time and you know have a great weekend today too yeah thanks you too appreciate it all right see you, everyone peace <laughs>